Pro Football Jokes. Make it uncomfortable. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes podcast. I'm here and actually joined uh, by Pep the Chep. Pep, how you doing? I'm good. I, I was a little disappointed in my bot's performance last week, but I realized even bot or not, I say a lot of generic things that can just be used as placeholder. Yeah, I did uh, take some audio from our Bellini podcast, um, so that's why you may have sounded uh, intoxicated. Without, uh, a, without a doubt in my mind, I knew you'd taken <laughs> just drunken audio from me, but I, I appreciated you for it. I thought it was, I was impressed by the editing, really. To our viewers out there, I mean, it it <laughs> takes some time to edit a podcast, but to find all those sound bites and put them in their appropriate places that that takes some time. And Alex, a one man show, did it on his own. Oh yeah, no, it definitely took some time. I don't know the editing was supreme. I kind of did that on purpose. I thought it was kind of funny here, with like you could clearly tell that it was <laughs> edited in there, but um, the, you know, also just. Uh, was it once you uh, go through all that audio, you're just like, all right, let's just record this and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more of like a writing job. Yeah, <laughs> you're writing around all of it, but you it's did like, great. Just pull some clips and then try to figure out how to how to make them fit in. Um, <laughs> the one that got me was this guy's ability to run differentiate <laughs> him. It's like, dude, just stop talking, Pearson. Stop talking. <laughs> Yeah, well, I obviously took that out of context. I'm sure it made sense at the at the time. Um, but anyway, let's. Uh, there's uh, a lot to talk about because we're here uh, on the eve of the trade deadline. Uh, deadline is now passed, um, and uh, there's uh, quite a few trades to talk about. Uh, Pep, you're just talking about. You know, we remember in 2016 when the only trade to talk about was like Kyle Van Noy being traded for a sixth round pick. Oh my gosh, it, it was like. Trade deadlines, you should have just done away with the day entirely because teams really didn't do anything other than, you know, a Patricia Belichick swap. So this was, in recent memory, just the craziest trade deadline and, like, really significant stuff going down. Freaking Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, uh, Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins get rid of that (laughs) Chase Edmonds contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happening. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's start with that Bradley Chubb trade. I know everybody you know cares about the offensive players, but I, I think there were two high-profile defensive players that got traded, and uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins for a first-round pick, um, a fourth-round pick, uh, and uh, Chase, and Chase Edmonds, um, and the, the Dolphins got back a fifth-round pick as well, I believe. Um, so that's. Uh, that's a pretty good value for uh, for Bradley Chubb, but uh, it's definitely big for the Dolphins, who could have used uh, could use another pass rusher back there. Yeah, it's, isn't it true the Dolphins are one of the lowest ranked teams in sacks? I think they might only have fifteen on the year. Yeah, um, I saw their their pressure rate was definitely uh, among the league's worst. Um, so that's definitely something they they needed. Yeah, they're turning all those picks they got for Trey Lance into just trade picks. Which yeah. good for them. I Bradley Chubb, uh, I I don't want to say he doesn't go unnoticed on the Broncos, but the Broncos defense is just solid all all the way across. That sometimes you can lose the spotlight. I feel like the Dolphins just needed needed that. Um, obviously, they'll have to pay him depending on how this all plays out. Yeah, 
thinking he goes the the right way, Trent's the right way for this. Yeah, they'll have to pay him like you know pretty much immediately. So uh, it's definitely quite the gamble, but they're banking on him, you know, being an All Pro for them. Like he's having by far his best season this year, I think. Um, like he's had moments in the NFL, but he's also dealt with some injuries and uh, hasn't always stayed on the field. Uh, but he's really putting it together this year and um, looks like he could be that stud that the Broncos drafted, uh, you know, a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, I hope that works out for the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are starting to look like one of the the better teams in the NFL. I know we have this kind of like mesh of a bunch of teams in the middle of the league, but I feel like the Dolphins are starting to like with Tua back. Uh, they're starting to, you know, elevate themselves into, uh, you know, what looks like a clear like top 10-ish type team. Yeah, and if the the Lions Dolphins game told you anything, it's like my God, man! Like just stop them a little bit here, and you guys can run away with this game. Um, you know, obviously you have good names on the back end, and Xavier Howard and Jones, but just need someone up front. Yeah, it's, yeah. With how their offense, I mean, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are just insanely good. Uh, it's it's so hard to stop that offense. It's crazy that like. Uh, two is just going to end up the season with like the best deep ball statistics in the NFL, even though like, I think we all noticed that some of his deep balls are uh, not always the most accurate, but yeah, don't want to beat uh, a horse, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's averaging like one of those throws a game where it's like, as soon as you see it, I got to text you guys, it, but it doesn't matter. Cause Tyree kill always comes up with it. So maybe that's the strategy. Yeah. Just make the receiver adjust to your throw. Hey, that's what uh, that's what Heineke does. So I think it uh, works out for everybody. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's uh, let's talk about through more a few more of these trades here. Well, first, uh, what about the the Chase Edmonds side of this? Do you think um, he gets any? Uh, I mean, I don't think it really matters for the Broncos that much. But like maybe for fantasy owners, do you think it, this revives Chase Edmonds' fantasy uh, value? It might. I, I think it was a very good move by the Dolphins. You could kind of tell it was starting to get awkward in the backfield there, kind of like it was with the Jags. And Chase Edmonds just didn't, I, I guess Mike McDaniel just didn't really have any great uses for him. Um, so just throw him away to Denver. Let Denver figure it out because they have that Latavius Murray disaster going on where he's hawking every touchdown. So <laughs> to your point about fantasy, um, if you have the time to, I guess, sit down and watch tape and analyze stats how you want to with the Broncos backfield, go ahead. But I feel like Latavius Murray is just going to be the touchdown hawk of the year, solidifying his role on the all-joke team. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think it'll probably be like a three-person backfield there with with Edmonds and Murray and Gordon. Um so I, I don't know that it's that great for his value, but he wasn't being used like pretty much at all in Miami. So it you know maybe it makes him playable it at least gives him another chance because he like kind of he kind of like uh screwed up his opportunity there in, in miami they they gave him a few chances and he like uh, his thing is was like he could at least be the receiving back and he kept like dropping passes so that's uh not good if you want uh want to be a receiving back that Bengals game had he not dropped that pass it might have been a different one yeah yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll see what he can do in Denver. Um, uh, one other big uh, trade of a di- big star defense players, Roquan Smith, going over to the Ravens. Uh, I know, uh, you know, 
both these franchises have a history uh, with middle linebackers, the Bears and the Ravens. So uh, this, I, I thought that was interesting. But uh, you know, big trade um, again, another guy that you're going to have to pay right away. Uh, you know, his contract's up at the end of the year. So, uh, but they uh, they only have to give up a second and a fifth round pick. Um, you know, it's uh, for you know a two time All Pro in Roquan Smith, and he's been playing great this year. Uh, so uh, it's definitely a big boost for the Ravens. Um, what, what what do you think it does for the Ravens here, Pep? I thought it was the most interesting thing that it would be the Ravens trading for a guy that you're going to have to pay because they don't pay anybody. They're not even paying Lamar Jackson right now. Um, so maybe maybe Roquan, Roquan Smith brings a, a different culture change in that respect. It was kind of sad to see, you know, the Bears season. Let's just say that I don't think the Bears are a playoff contender. And you don't want to see Roquan Smith kind of get Khalil Macked over there. So send him <laughs> over to a fun Ravens team that's in the mix and good for him. Yeah, I really like this move um, for, for both sides, but mostly for the Ravens because I think the uh, – Another team I feel like is really uh, starting to look more like we expected them to, the Ravens. Um, now that they've sort of solidified their running game, um, I don't know. I, I didn't see on the Gus Edwards injury if uh, how serious that was. Did you, did you happen to catch that? I did not. Okay, well, you know. It feels like he always comes back from an injury and then yeah. becomes questionable forever afterward. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if he can come back and kind of solidify their running game, then I think, uh, that's, uh, that, that's what the Ravens need. Cause I mean, it was interesting in that, that Bucks game I talked about in the last pod that like they were trying to throw the ball 30 times in the first half and they scored three points and they only got those three points off a muff punt. And then the second half they're like, Oh wait, let's just run the ball. And that's working out. Um, I also think, you know, having Ronnie Stanley back helps a lot in that regard. So, um, maybe either way they can get the running game going. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and their defense has looked much better, um, since obviously that, you know, beginning of the year, they were really, uh, giving up all sorts of yards and points and everything. And, uh, this just further helps solidify that. It's kind of funny. It doesn't take much to get their running game going from the running backs. Just the running back needs to get like 60 yards with a decent yard per carry. And then Lamar can pop off and do his thing too. And the yeah. offense is totally working. It's not like a, we need Gus Edwards to rush for a hundred yards or else this, we got to funnel it through Duvernay. Yeah. You, <laughs> he doesn't have to be like Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry. Like he yeah. just, he just has to, you know, get what's there and you know, maybe break a couple tackles and uh, Gus can do that. Gus the bus. Gus the bus. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, the offensive side of the ball. Um, we talked about the Bears like feeling like they're out of it, and uh, they traded away um, a couple players from Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Uh, talked, I talked about the Robert Quinn trade uh, last pod, but uh, they also made a trade for a player, uh, traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Um, what, what do you make of this trade, Pep? It's like, damn, Equinamia St. Brown wasn't good enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> um... It's like it's like the Bears engineered this so that he would not go to Green Bay. <laughs> it's like we'll just hoard him on our roster. Yeah, um, I guess. In this current Bears offense, I don't see where Claypool becomes an immediate impact. Um that's my personal takeaway. It's <laughs> like and then I, I guess the second rounder makes sense. He's young, he's on the come up, but still, man, that's a 
high yeah. price to pay for a guy that <laughs> isn't going to elevate your passing offense that much if you are running it the way you run it. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. Like I would understand like if a team like the Packers, or the Rams gave up a second round pick for Chase Claypool, um, you know, teams that are desperately trying to save their season and need a receiver to do that. Um, but I just I don't understand it for the Bears. Like this is a Bears team that seems to be giving away players building for the future. They seem to have given up on their season even though even though they've looked a lot better, uh, especially on offense the past few weeks, but I think they know they're not like, you know, they're not going to win a playoff game this year. Um, uh, you know, maybe they somehow sneak into the playoffs in this weird NFC, but I doubt it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't understand why you trade away, you know, two high profile players uh, and then trade for Chase Claypool, who in, in an offense that doesn't throw the ball, like, it's just very odd, especially since there's been so many good receivers in drafts lately. You could just have drafted a receiver in the second round. Um, I don't know. It, it's a little weird to me. Uh, I, I think Chase Claypool still has potential, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really understand this move for the Bears. I, yeah, it's total head scratcher, and the Bears are a total head scratcher themselves. Like. Cole Komet scored last week. Good for him. But like that whole receiver group, uh, Dante Pettis, you could throw random names out there. Velas Jones, uh, Equinamius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney. Um, I don't get it, but maybe it's a total move for next season when they decide to uh, maybe pass more. Yeah. And and one thing I want to say about trades, like people think like, I, I know that like not every second round pick hits. Like I think Chase Claypool is probably maybe around the average second round pick of receivers even over the past few years when you know receiver picks have been like really good. Um you know, especially good. Um he might even be a little bit above average for a second round pick. But you gotta look at like draft when you're making these trades, like you're really renting players. Like Chase Claypool only has you know, about two years left on his deal, not even because the season's already, you know, eight weeks in. Um, so you're renting Chase Claypool for like two years. I you're probably not re-signing him after that unless he just significantly improves because receivers cost so much. Like you could get a receiver like Chase Claypool in free agency if you really wanted to pay him to a big deal. Um, but uh, yeah, like that. That's why draft picks are worth more because you get that pick you know, player for four years on a rookie deal, like. I don't know. It's uh, so uh, that, that's why I think people like sometimes people think of, uh, you know, is this player really worth this draft pick? It makes sense based on you know what you know, draft pick ends up becoming. But you got to look at the, the contract length and everything. If you're trading for a stud, it's a little bit different because, you know, you're going to pay them that big contract and it's going to be worth it. But for a player that's probably going to walk in free agency, you're really just renting them. And I, I kind of feel for Claypool on this end of the deal because if he had gone to one of those places, Green Bay or the LA Rams, you know, he he would have a great chance to put up numbers and get maybe that big extension. But in this yeah. Bears offense, this current setting, it's hard to push 500 yards, and that's not going <laughs> to get you a great contract anywhere in free agency. Hard to push 500 yards for the whole uh, just passing <laughs> yards in general. <laughs> That might be Cole Komet's career stats if he stays with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but uh, but the Bears' offense has looked a lot better, so uh, maybe it's uh, starting to ramp up. Um, all right, uh, there. So uh, a couple other, uh, another uh, passing option that got traded: T.J. Hawkinson uh, traded in the division uh, from the Lions to the Vikings. Uh, Vikings gave up uh, a, a second and a third. Uh, got back to fourth, so they really just traded down. Um, you know. Twice, uh, one of the forces conditional, so I'm, I, I didn't check out the conditions, but but still, um, I, I think that's a relatively uh, fair deal for uh, T.J. Hawkinson. At first, they reported that uh, I, I saw Bleacher Report reported that it was going to be T.J. Hawkinson for four picks for a second, a third, and two fourths. So I'm like, what the hell? That's the craziest deal I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. But this uh, this makes a lot more sense. Some people had trouble writing it out. <laughs> I don't blame him. It's it's hard thing to write out. Uh, immediate reaction was this is a great move for the Lions. I don't care that you're. I don't think it hurts too much. You're trading him within the division for the Lions and Hawkinson. His career with them, he's just been so wildly inconsistent. Um, he's had amazing games, obviously, but then sometimes he's injured or sometimes he's just completely silent for a stretch of a few games. Um, and you know, obviously from a fantasy perspective, that's frustrating to all those who <laughs> drafted him high over the years. But like, I don't think he was that important to the Lions. And you saw those first few weeks where they had those really high scoring competitive games. He wasn't really a factor in those. It was a lot of Amonra St. Brown and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams handling the load. I, I just don't think he really had a place in this offense anymore. And it didn't really need to funnel around a guy like Hawkinson. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he had that one like just blow up game, and that was basically all he did all year. Um, you know, he was fine, but like he's a he's a solid player. But, um, but you know, especially at tight end, when you're not like now there, there aren't many tight ends that produce at the level of like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. But um, you know, he's he's just a solid tight end at the Vikings. That'll just lost Irv Smith um, for most of the season, um, if not the entire season. So. Uh, it made sense for them. Uh, they're they're obviously well in control of that division right now. So yeah, it's it's weird to see the Vikings are like having that nice record, and it's not super sketchy like previous <laughs> years where they're just like eking out twenty seven, twenty fours. Well, it's kind of sketchy. I mean they they seem to have this formula where they're like, all right, we're gonna score a couple touchdowns, get off to a big lead, uh, then we're gonna just chill for until the other team comes back and takes the lead and then we're gonna go back and uh come back and win and that seems to work for them it's a fair point <laughs> that's that's their formula that's how they win um but it, it, hey they are six and one and feeling good and they have a three and a half game lead in the division so uh that's uh that's pretty good just better hope those bears don't catch up to you <laughs> that's true uh, honestly, they might be the team you're most scared of right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Packers didn't make any moves in this trade deadline, which uh, might have been a mistake. Considering, Classic uh, what Packers fashion. <laughs> yeah. It's like they have no receivers, and there were, like, a bunch on the trade. Like, they could have gotten Brandon Cooks, who clearly wanted to be traded, and uh, I don't know. Might might have worked. Might have been a good move to get a veteran receiver for Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> Brandon Cooks re- uh, tweeted some 
something really cryptic today where he was just like, I held in the lies for y'all no longer. It's like, what is this about Deshaun Watson or? Uh, I, I did see that. I'm like, there are probably some sketchy things going on with the Texans. So, you know. It's like, imagine if the Commanders players started saying stuff like <laughs> Jonathan Allen probably knows like this whole book of dark secrets, but yeah. he has to stay silent because he's got that extension. Yeah. Oh God, that, that, that would not be good for, uh, for, for the commanders. Uh, I think every team <laughs> would not like that, but uh, the, they'll probably find a way to, to quiet him. So <laughs> We'll see. Um, you know, one other receiver got traded. I don't really know why this happened now, but Calvin Ridley got traded uh, to the Jaguars. Um, this affects the season in no way because he's not playing the season. So I don't know why it happened in the middle of the season. I don't know why it didn't just happen in last offseason or next offseason, but happened right at the trade deadline. They were really scrambling to get this trade done. I don't think it's that good of a fit, but then I thought about it, and I don't think any receiver going to Jacksonville <laughs> is a good fit. But well, it's like we don't even know because the Jaguars <laughs> could how the Jaguars be totally different next year. Like it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, I respect the Falcons for being like, all right, well, we like Drake London and whoever else we have, Olamide, Zacchaeus and stuff. And we'll just, <laughs> we'll just evaluate free agency and draft and don't really need Ridley. Yeah, no, I, I, I that makes sense. I mean, uh, obviously they, they're kind of trying to figure out what the players they have and, you know, Ridley being out for a year with this kind of new staff. Uh, I mean, obviously they were there last year, but Ridley was injured for most of the year anyway. Um, so it was, uh, it, it they they just really haven't gotten much time with Ridley and just to you know move on from him kind of makes sense. Um, even though he was a really good player when he played uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so, I mean, hopefully he can get back to that, uh, particularly since he's on a couple of my dynasty teams. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it would be nice. It would be nice. Fresh start. And also this does make sense because the Jaguars will pay anybody and he has that huge contract still. So uh, yeah, that just popped in my head. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see there. Uh, definitely, like he's obviously the best receiver that'll be there in Jacksonville. Like he's clearly way better than Christian Kirk if he's anywhere close to where he was, uh, you know, prior to the injury and suspension. So uh, it'd definitely be nice to get Trevor Lawrence some some weapons. Uh, he is they, they definitely improved this year in terms of the weapons they put around Trevor Lawrence, but. Uh, could definitely still get better. So uh, ETN looks like a stud, though. So that's that's good for you. I know. Very happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. He he has looked he looked great in that that London game. That was uh, I was really impressed by him. Um, uh, I guess the, the only other trade that's really of somewhat note was the the Naheem Hines to the Bills. Um, that was uh, they traded him basically for Zach Moss uh, along with a sixth round pick. I don't really understand the Zach Moss part of the trade. I don't know really why he was included, <laughs> but uh, it makes sense uh, for the Bills to get uh, Naheem Hines. Uh, they've been trying to get a receiving back since they uh, tried to sign JD McKissick in the offseason. Yeah. And, you know, Zach Moss had a few just like random healthy scratches last season. Yeah. And I guess a lot of backfields are trying to figure out how to nicely say, we don't uh, think you fit here with us. <laughs> yeah. They sent Zach Moss over to Indy, and I think Indy also liked a lot of what they saw from Deion Jackson. 
Yeah, I think that was definitely a big part of it. But that's why I just don't understand why bring in Zach Moss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess just another guy in the depth chart, but uh, maybe they were just going to get the sixth round pick and they're like, yeah, we'll throw in Zach Moss. They're like, we don't want him. And they're like, just take him, please. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happened, I think. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but uh, obviously Bills don't really need any more weapons, but, you know, why not have Naheem Hines? Yeah, Devin Singletary can hit the home run here and there, but maybe Naheem Hines just adds a. Yeah, they just they don't really like to run the ball if it's true. not Josh Allen. They like to just throw it. So yeah, so Naheem Hines fits there. Uh, I, I think it's a good move. Um, yeah, there were a couple other trades like Rashad Fenton uh, to the Falcons, uh, William Jackson um, going over the Steelers, um, but uh, nothing. Uh, Nothing of major note. Um, I know you mentioned Jeff Wilson going over the 49ers. They get to collect those uh, old – or going from the 49ers to the Dolphins. They're collecting those old 49ers back. back. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was pretty much the trade deadline. It was uh, it was pretty fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. And, and credit to William Jackson. Uh, the commanders paid him $25 million. <laughs> $25 million. Not the not the worst free agent pickup they've ever made. So, not by a long shot. I wish him the best, man. I, I really <laughs> do. Like he just didn't fit in the system. That's fine. And I think Pittsburgh yeah. is a Pittsburgh made a, a good move getting him. Yeah, yeah. Basically gave up nothing for him. They swapped like it was like a conditional sixth, and they got back a conditional seventh. Um, so they basically it, it was a twenty twenty five conditional. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Dude, that reminds me. Um, the report about the team that offered two first round picks for Brian Burns was the Rams. It was yeah, like, dude, what are those 2028 and 2029 first rounders <laughs> turning this into the NBA now? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's crazy. Um, uh, I, I was, I, I was a little surprised that the, the Panthers didn't consider that, but I guess that is, a little far. I mean, I, it obviously wasn't actually 28, 29, but like, yeah, I guess the, the regime probably uh, is thinking, you know, we, we probably want to stay around and not get fired before then. So, um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's talk a few teams that are in the NFL. Um, some, some good action happened last week. Uh, let's start with, uh, with our team, Pep. I know that that was the game of the week, obviously commanders Colts. Um, everybody had their eyes on it. Uh, Sam Ellinger's first start, um, but uh, Taylor Heineke uh, giving this team some life. Um, do you think Heineke is going to remain the starter when Wentz gets healthy? I, you know, I can't like say that in full confidence, but because I know Ron can be a little stubborn sometimes with that stuff, yeah. so I could definitely see Ron like going back to Wentz for a game, uh, even if Heineke wins all of these. I could be wrong, but. I, I I disagree. I think I think if Wentz was healthy today, Heineke would be the starter. Now, if Heineke ends up losing a couple of games, then before you know when Wentz is healthy, then Ron may go back to Wentz. But Heineke's given the team some life, and he's just the quarterback that's like, I'm gonna let Terry win the game, and that's uh, the quarterback I want. <laughs> like literally, the last two games that we have won on plays where. Heineke has just thrown it in Terry's general direction and Terry came down with the prayer ball. 
I I haven't felt this way watching a game of theirs in 10 years, literally, where <laughs> you it's the final minutes of the game and they need to drive the ball like 80 yards. I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind they will do this. Like, <laughs> and, and I truly believe that. Like it was 2012 when Griffin came back against the Buccaneers, you know, in games like that. Uh, he, he did a great drive against the Giants. They did not win that game. That was the... Uh, Victor Cruz, 80-yard touchdown heartbreaker. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I haven't, like, felt like that where, you, you know, that 2012 offense <laughs> making that drive in the final minutes. I was watching Heineke, like, he's going to do this. I just know he's going to do this. He's going to do it. He's I, too clutch. You can't stop Heineke. And it wasn't perfect, but, like, he extended plays. Everybody just played their heart out. It was cool to watch. Yeah, he's, he's just a lot of fun. I feel like the team really likes him and – it, uh, watching Carson Wentz is just so terrible. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was high. I like. I, I think I thought he was unfairly criticized over the offseason, but I just I hate watching him so much as a fan of the, the team that he is on. It's so hard to watch because he just like he does the thing that that's just the worst. That he just holds the ball forever, and you're just like, stop it! Just get rid of the ball. Give our receivers a chance to make a play. Don't do anything stupid, and that is not at all what he does. He does do something stupid. The offensive line just can't sustain that kind of quarterback play yeah. for him to like yeah. stay in the pocket forever and like take forever to decide who he wants to throw to. I think Carson Wentz. I feel really bad for him. I think he's in his own head. Uh, I think he's he just he's not as fast as Taylor Heineke. He can't evade like Taylor Heineke. Whatever he has a stronger arm than Heineke, that doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> at, do you see this offense? We just yeah. need someone to freaking keep plays alive a little longer so that these Terry plays can happen. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, uh, speaking of uh, quarterbacks that are uh, maybe a little frustrating to watch, uh, Zach Wilson um, has not really uh, played that well after uh, that first game where I thought he was so promising. Um, he uh, really struggled against the Patriots, which is kind of what I predicted, but I was hoping I was wrong. Um, I, I guess everybody predicted it. I don't want to make it sound like I really went on a limb saying he was going to struggle against the Patriots. But uh, yeah, do you think uh, Zach Wilson can get this turned around at all? What are the Jets now, like five and three? Five and three. I mean, how can a five and three team look one and seven? (laughs) And that's impressive because a five and three team has like Elijah Moore, a second year player, just saying, I hate everything. I want to be (laughs) traded. I I don't know anything about this guy. He doesn't give me the ball. (laughs) And like, I I honestly, I can't have that many hot takes on the Jets because I only, I only care to watch the red zone cutaways of them. But I, I think you nailed it on the podcast last week. I don't the James Robinson trade. I get it. Like they're trying to win now, but he's not the Brees Hall home run yeah. hitter. And Zach Wilson, I don't know. Those plays are just flat out irresponsible. Those picks, are, those picks cannot happen. Yeah, uh, the one where he's trying to throw it away, like that. That's what actually reminded me of. Uh, Carson Wentz because Wentz had like a similar play he didn't throw an interception but it was just where he was like rolling out and he just it's like you're nearly at the sideline just throw it away don't like you don't have to hold it to the very last second um and Carson Wentz did that and like 
uh, he was off balance and wasn't able to get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. He got an intentional grounding call. Zach Wilson actually threw an interception somehow. He just like didn't throw it out of bounds all the way because he was just off balance. Um, so, I think uh, I think they need to like just. I don't even know if it's you would call it the opposite of Bledsoe Brady and just bench Zach Wilson for Joe Flacco. <laughs> I mean, Joe Flacco. I mean, he he's made his own questionable choices. But he gives his team a better chance to win uh, if they want to win now, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't go that far just because I think Zach Wilson did show something in that first game. I think if you get him to play like a little more structured, I think you got to I, – I know they let him throw last game, but it's still just – I feel like you got to design just some more plays for him. Like I, it was working in that, that first game against the Steelers, I feel like. Uh, when he when he can see it and he just throws the ball on time, then he's he's a good quarterback. Um, but when he tries to play off script, it's just it's it's not it's not good right now. What is Zach Wilson supposed to be like? I I've completely forgotten the hype leading up to him getting drafted. Like, is he supposed to be the next Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, I I saw a lot of, of like Josh Allen in him. Like, obviously, he's way smaller than Josh Allen, but. Um, I kind of see that from, and like, that's probably, you know, you, if you look at him, like that's your best case scenario. Cause obviously Josh Allen did kind of like similar things when he started out, like in terms of, you know, bailing on plays too early, making some, you know, dumb decisions when he was just trying to make a play. Um, so you hope maybe he can kind of reel that in. Um, the problem is again, like he's, he's smaller and, you know, not as good of a runner. He's not a bad runner, but obviously Josh Allen, is way better because Josh Allen's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think he can rely on his athleticism as much in the NFL. So that's a, that's a bit of an issue for him. The guy's in his own head and yeah, we, it, the NFL's patience, it's like the Rams effect. The NFL's patience for all these young players is just diminishing it's yeah. faster and faster. It, if he, like if he, keeps playing as bad as he did like this past two weeks and how, how he played last year, then I think he probably won't be the Jets quarterback next year. Um, he'll probably just move on. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully he can uh, get back on track. Cause I, I, I am rooting for Zach Wilson because I, I liked him coming out and haven't seen that much from him since, but seen a little bit. You were genuinely excited about this guy. I mean, can get excited about guys every year, but this this was like different. It was like me with yeah. ETN. Yeah, I I don't typically get that excited for quarterbacks. Like Zach Wilson was one that I just like. I was like, man, I really feel like this guy's gonna be good and uh, might be very very wrong. But you know, I uh, haven't given up total hope. Uh, so uh, you know, we'll see. I think by the end of this year, we'll we'll have a pretty good idea. May already have good idea if i just don't want to admit it but uh yeah yeah well uh good thanks for the jets uh denzel mims is alive he is out there uh he still catches passes for the jets so yeah uh well uh speaking of uh you know quarterbacks who are in trouble the the Bengals uh really struggled this uh past monday night with uh with uh, Joe Burrow and uh, no Jamar Chase. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, that was a problem. Obviously, their offensive line kind of got wrecked by Miles Garrett and company. <laughs> Not that surprising, but didn't expect it to be quite that brutal. It is really hard watching them try to run the football. I mean, it's just brutal. It's brutal across the board. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Miles Garrett and company, but still, like, one of the NFL's worst defenses, I feel like. Yeah. And uh, it's just a rough performance by those guys. I don't, I don't really have much analysis outside of that. Like, just yeah, figure like something <laughs> out, fellas. Like, I can't stand watching these Joe Mixon half yard gains. That just then it's third and nine before you know it, because they get this Joe Mixon half yard gain. They pass it on second down, third and nine. Boom, Burrow's getting pressured. Plays blown up. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I would like to see, I don't know. I don't know what they need, honestly. It's like they need Jamar Chase back. Um, so uh, get somebody to just magically heal him, and that maybe that's what they need. <laughs> um, but th- this offense is, is rough to watch when they can't, like they can't protect at all. Like, even when they're trying to keep guys back to chip, it's like Miles Garrett just absolutely destroyed the, uh, Jonah Williams on that one play where he just spun inside, or Javante Piro was waiting to help, and that Joe Burrow had no chance there. Like I'd say, sacks are mo- mostly a quarterback stat, but that was one where Miles got Garrett got there in like a second. Yeah, it's like I just feel I feel bad for Reeb right now. <laughs> Reeb tries to come up with the answers for this pod. He probably wouldn't have any answers right now either. It's like just. Just block better, fellas. <laughs> Scheme God something up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they hate Chris Evans so much. <laughs> he made that nice uh, back shoulder catch. That's true. That's yeah. true. So maybe that'll get him some play time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I think um, they just – maybe the thing was they didn't pass it to Drew Sample enough. So yeah, maybe that, they should that make, be issue. They should just have Drew Sample in the backfield at all times to, like, chip people. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Just play with like seven offensive linemen. Dude, seriously. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe that'll help. Um, Well, let's uh, – there's – I want to talk about kind of the struggling teams that we kind of expected. Like the Bengals are one of them. Um, The other teams – let's start with the Packers. Uh, They obviously had a depressing game in prime time as well. Um, Kind of made it. Look more respectable in the final score, thanks to a couple of late Josh Allen interceptions. But the game was never in doubt. Like the offense wasn't passing the ball; like they could only move the ball by running the ball. I don't know why they didn't start out the game doing that, but uh, it, it it was not a good game by the Packers. I keep thinking of um, when Rogers signed his extension, and he knew moving forward they were moving on from Adams. Why did Rodgers stick around in Green Bay? <laughs> was his life just like, I can understand your life, your personal life, just being embedded there, your house is there, all your stuff is there. But like, you had to know the situation coming in. And you had to have no faith in who they were going to draft, right? Christian Watson, immediately <laughs> you knew Romeo Dubs would get more targets because he was drafted in the later rounds. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel bad for Rodgers like I do some of these other teams. And well, yeah, it's like 
Matt LaFleur kind of walked into the perfect situation when he got the job and teams kind of fought, doesn't have as many pieces as back then. Like, yeah, I mean, Matt LaFleur has done a, a great job in Green Bay. I mean, he's won 13 games each of his, uh, or, or did he win, did they win 14 games last year? Or maybe it's their, I can't remember, but, um, I, it was I a good think amount. They, I think they were 14 and three. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, he's done a great job. Um, but uh, yeah, this year is this year's rough, man. I, I don't I don't think they have the pieces to get it like get things ironed out. I think they're too far behind the Vikings at this point to win the division. I mean, I guess the wild card's always in play. Uh, you know, uh, NFC wild card race is wide open, but it's it's just, rough too because like last season, obviously things were going really well, but they had like the perfect balance of AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. And I guess it was the way their games were going. They weren't having these just like crushing, horrible offensive performances, but they had this nice mix towards the end of the season of like solid Aaron Jones, then some solid AJ Dillon to really pound the ball down. Just none of that this year. Yeah. Well, it's like their offense isn't good enough to like, those are the only two good players on their offense. Like I, they can't get the ball. If they can't get the ball to anybody else, then they're just switching them out and trying to run them into a brick wall. But I mean, they've run the ball pretty well, actually, like overall for the year. Um, Aaron Jones is, is averaging like over six yards per carry or something. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. I, but I, I think they just got to lean on the run and like hope that's good enough. But I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to do that and Matt LaFleur wants to do that. I don't know. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I don't think this team is good enough to make any sort of noise. I mean, like, again, maybe they can squeak out of the playoff spot, but I don't even expect them to do that at this point. It's just the the offensive product they're putting out there. Yeah. It's It's, rough. It's not great. Um. All right, well, uh, there, there are two other NFC teams that we expected to be really good and are not, and they're playing each other this week, the Buccaneers and the Rams. Um, which of these two teams do you think is more likely to get back on track? Uh, I guess I'm kind of spoiling your pick for this next week, but I assume uh, it's whoever you pick to win this next game. I picked the Rams, I think, and my God, what a depressing game to pick. <laughs> it's probably, I, I wouldn't say I had a tough time picking it, but it's like the the vibes heading in, into this are so vastly different from the last two times they played last year. Um, I think in the regular season the Rams blew out the pay, or Buc- Buccaneers. Yeah, I think this will just be like a a seventeen sixteen kind of. Yeah, Cooper Cup gets the ball a crap ton of times, and it's just going to be a hard hard to watch. You know the Rams can't run for their life. Daryl oh, yeah. Henderson will probably be out, so they'll be giving it to like Kieran Williams. Yeah, and good for him playing, but play for the Rams who <laughs> can't seem to run block for their lives, and you know what the Buccaneers are giving you. Although I am bummed out they didn't uh, funnel it to Leonard Fournette as much last week. That really hurt my parlay. But uh, yeah, this is uh, not going to be a fun game to watch. That's what I'm yeah, I, I keep thinking the Bucks are going to turn it around, and then they just uh, it's kind of seemed like they were going to at the beginning of the last game. They scored in the first two drives, and then they just went quiet. And sort of what it's been for the Bucks, I I don't know. I 
maintained that I've thought these teams were going to turn it around, but now I'm very skeptical. And like, it kind of seems like one of them has to not turn it around because you lose here. I, I guess if the Rams would lose here, they're still just three and five. If the Bucks, they're three and six. I mean, I guess they're in a terrible division, so maybe they're still alive. But it's their saving grace. Yeah, I mean, they were one game out of first place. You um, know, it kind of goes back to the first play of the game against the Panthers, where they threw it deep to Mike Evans and he dropped it. Yeah. It's like Mike Evans didn't even expect the ball coming to him because they never throw it deep. I'm not saying that's the cure to all the Bucks' problems, but. This dink and dunk stuff, like teams are just prepared for it now. And it's not as Brady's not as electric with it as he he used to be, it looks like right now. But yeah. it's hard to count Brady and the Bucks out of really anything until it's yeah. over. No, but I agree. I've I've seen like more out of the Rams recently. Like I've seen like a little bit more out of their offense in the past couple games. Um, even though they really went quiet against the, the 49ers, but they always suck against the 49ers. So <laughs> maybe just that. So, uh, but yeah, well, we'll see. Um, it, it is depressing that like this, we would have thought this was going to be one of the best games of the year, but said it's probably not going to be. I hate watching these teams. I hate watching the Rams. They're such a dud. It's kind of funny though, that like, Ben Skoranek is just so funny to me, dude. <laughs> Think how good that playoff game they played last year was when the was... Bucks came storming back and took the lead, and then Cooper Cup said that the, that game-winning field goal. I was that, that was fun football. Yeah, my how things have changed. Yep, uh, definitely. Um, ben Jefferson could be back for this one. That that might help out the Rams. Um, so. They could use another receiver. So I don't even think I have it in me to make jokes at this point. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, uh, I did want to get your thoughts on uh, if if there are any like kind of sleeper teams that maybe got off to a rocky start that uh, might uh, might be uh, coming up uh, the ranks here. Um, I, I can start with one um, since uh, I had a couple ready to go. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was the Saints. Um, I thought their performance last week was very encouraging, and they've really been a good offense under Andy Dalton. Like they've, I know. I mean, obviously they had those turnovers in the Cardinals game, but like they have moved the ball. Alvin Kamara looks like back to his old self. Um, they haven't even had like their full core receivers. Michael Thomas has obviously been out this whole time. Um, Chris Olave's was, you know, hurt for a couple games, or I guess it was just a game, but um, it hasn't looked like totally healthy, but he looks like, a, you know, a very good up and coming receiver. And, uh, you know, they mix in that Taysom Hill, who's uh, very, da- always dangerous. Um, I, I honestly love the way they use Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, but I, I th- and their defense obviously got the shutout last week, and maybe that was just the Raiders sucking, but. I think they have good players on that defense. So no, like, that's like that's what I thought the defense would do consistently right. this season. It's yeah. like it was weird these past few games to see them just like get smoked by all the passing attacks that they faced. But yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, so I, I think that I mean, especially in this week NFC South, like I would not be surprised at all if the saints ended up winning it uh they're they're again just a game out of first place of those falcons it was 
that juggernaut over there. I don't know if they can catch them, but yeah, we'll see. <sighs> the Falcons. I I made so much fun of them leading into this season, but I I love them. I just <laughs> they it, are it, fun. Watching Marcus Mariota reminded reminded me like that's so Marcus Mariota. He's like good enough some games, but some games he just gets absolutely wrecked. And that was like the Titans when they would just randomly make the wild card here and there back when Mariota started for them. I don't know. Just a, a good joke team all around. Yeah. And uh, also uh, Saints still uh, still waiting for Marshall and Lattimore to come back. So that could be could be another boost for their defense if he does. It's been a while now. I'd, I like all the Saints injuries. Like I never know when anybody's coming back. Mike Thomas, Marshall, Lattimore. I'm like, who knows? Michael Thomas is probably just in the Bahamas on vacation <laughs> right now. He's done yeah. for the season. Uh, all right, Pep, you got a team uh, that you're – jazzed about i i wouldn't say jazzed (laughs) i just wasn't ready for this segment this one's coming off the top of my head and a team i really can't uh count out even if they lost this game and went two and six but the browns they've mostly been in every game uh i love that pick i they've mostly been in every game they've been pretty competitive um a lot of sloppy plays from the Browns, but that's what you're going to get with Jacoby Brissett. That's why they brought him in. They knew what they were getting out of Jacoby Brissett and he can have great games like this against the Bengals. And obviously the man himself, Nick Chubb is averaging almost two touchdowns a game. He's like this year's Jonathan Taylor. Not that Nick Chubb didn't do much himself last year, but touchdown wise and just production wise, I, I just can't count the Browns out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. I, I they were actually going to be my other pick that I uh, that I was thinking of because I feel like the Browns are kind of slept on. They're another team where like their offense has been good. Um, it was just their defense that was terrible, and they had a very promising defensive game. And again, they have a lot of talent on defense. I mean, Miles Garrett still having one of his best years. Um, he continues to you know, be his typical self, um, and you know if they can just get a get a little bit from their defense and hang on and win these games that they, you know, they've lost a lot of close games so i think they're definitely a team that uh probably I, I feel like they're they've graded out pretty well as a overall like team efficiency standpoint yeah and the most um the most surprising thing to me was just going into the season i couldn't for the life of me see how Amari Cooper could fit into this offense and like have himself a productive year. That's been the most surprising thing. Uh, but he's really established himself and made a ton of good plays for them. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I was skeptical as well. Um, but he, he's exactly what they need. I mean, they just a consistent receiver. I mean, I, <laughs> it's weird calling Amari Cooper a consistent receiver, but based on what they've had the past, you know, few years and, uh, you know, they're not looking for a lot from their passing game. They're, you know, going to be a, a primarily, you know, run heavy team, uh, giving the ball to Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt staying there. So uh, Kareem Hunt as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that's their that's their bread and butter. And uh, just need a quarterback who can uh, you know, consistently get the ball to a, you know, on a couple plays. And uh, Jacoby Brissett has a nice deep ball, uh, gets the – so I, I don't know. I, I like the, I think they can hang on with Kobe Brissett. Who knows what happens when Deshaun Watson comes back. I know nobody will be rooting for them then, 
but uh, they might end up they might end up in that playoff race. Yeah, they they didn't need Brissett to like keep them, you know, six and two or seven and two, just like in the hunt. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, the I I think that those are like the the most dangerous teams, uh, you know, in each conference that are you know might make a run um uh, i did uh, just want to talk about like some of the blow-up performances from this past week from players um just because uh, it was a crazy fantasy week you know oh yeah there's been a lot of uh quiet like quiet offensive performances all year and like this week i feel like there was just a lot of fun stuff um christian mccaffrey always obviously getting the uh the triple uh, crown i guess they called it i, I don't know that that's really makes sense but sure he got a, a rushing touchdown a, a receiving touchdown and a passing touchdown in a single game first time since Ladanian tomlinson did it um but uh yeah it's uh he's looking like the engine of that 49ers offense and uh 49ers starting to look like one of the one of the best teams in the nfc if they can if their offense could keep this up yeah and they debo is out that game so yeah which gadget player do you got to go to mccaffrey Good for them, man. Good for them. Yeah, the McCaffrey, he put up, what, 43 points? Yeah, I think in full PPR, he put, put up like 40 points. Uh, I think it was 40 points, yeah. I fortunately did not play him this week. You, you benched Christian McCaffrey? No, I didn't play against him. Oh, oh I, I got you. I was like, you didn't play Christian McCaffrey? What were you doing? I hate him so much, dude. <laughs> No. Like uh, yeah, I, I just have really good running backs. Trust me. Um, I just had a lot of faith in Jeff Wilson <laughs> before they traded him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I feel like there were a lot of players you didn't want to play against this week. It was funny, even if you had a guy who blew up. Like you don't know. If, uh, I did. I, I won a shootout in Dynasty this week when we got the when I got the McCaffrey throw into Brandon Ayuk uh, touchdown. I was like, oh, this this is just my week. Um, I, you know. Uh, but uh, one one a shootout there, 153 to like 146 or something. Uh, thanks to thanks to McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, basically scored all my points. So Alvin Kamara was such a surprise. I just thought for the rest of the season, Taysom Hill would score all of his touchdowns. <laughs> I, I did too. And I I mean, yeah, that, I was just surprised he even scored a touchdown after that. And on the other side of the ball. Josh Jacobs, everybody was expecting Josh Jacobs to keep up his dominance, but this just felt like the perfect spot for that to sizzle out and Josh Jacobs go quiet for five games here on out. <laughs> well, I hope not, but uh, yeah, uh, this this was just a terrible performance by the Raiders offense. Devontae Adams had like one catch or like you know, two catches for like five yards or something. It was, it was awful. Um, Derek Carr. I mean, I think the whole Raiders offense had like a hundred yards or something. Like, it's rough. Uh, until like a garbage time drive. Um, that it was, uh, it was brutal. Derek Carr has really not played well this season. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I didn't expect that from him. Like, I feel like he's he played really well last year. The Raiders' record doesn't surprise me. It's how bad they've looked in some yeah. games doing it. Yeah, and in other games they've looked really good, like that Chiefs game, and like yeah, um, yeah, they like they've they've looked good. They were looking good uh, the past couple of weeks before that uh, when they were just giving the ball to Josh Jacobs. But 
I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I, I don't know about this uh, whole Josh McDaniels experience. Yeah. Uh, I guess New England's missing him a lot. That's what I'll, that's yeah. where I'll go with that take. Yeah. Um, how about another guy for you, Pep? Uh, Tony Pollard went off. Uh, do you think the Cowboys uh, still go back to Zeke and give him the majority of the touches when he comes back? Yeah, Jerry, uh, I was reading a quote, he vehemently defended Zeke and yeah. talked about how great he was. I think uh, I think it stays the same when Zeke comes back in. That's just the politics of it. And the Pollard ticks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll always keep waiting on Tony Pollard. You know, it's not... It's not an urgent dynasty thing, but uh, you would love to see Tony Pollard just kind of take that job. And that could have been a fun trade deadline thing. You just ship Zeke to the Jags yeah, because they'll <laughs> pick up his contract. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I'm i kind of with you. Like I, I heard the quote from Jerry. I, it's so weird. Like if you're the if you're Mike McCarthy, like are you not just like, hey, Jerry, maybe like we shouldn't. Just give Zeke the ball since uh, Tony Pollard just kind of killed it for us. But uh, I mean, I, I don't think Zeke's looked terrible this year either. Like, I don't think they should just totally abandon Zeke. But yeah, Zeke has his like, purpose in this offense for like yeah. the short yardage, grinded out stuff. I guess. Yeah, but, but you like, got to get Tony Pollard more touches. Like at some point, McCarthy's just got to be like, "Look, man, we Zeke, we have to drain your knee another week. <laughs> just gotta keep yeah. you there." <laughs> yeah uh but granted this bears defense is pretty easy to run against so uh, that's true too yeah. i forgot they played the bears but i you know i expected like a hundred yard touchdown performance from tony pollard not three yeah Man's three touchdowns beast. pretty nice um but uh yeah we'll we'll see there um i'm guessing you were right and zeke just goes back it goes back to being, you know, the 60-40 split in favor of Zeke. Maybe 50-50 is, like, the best you can hope for. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, A.J. Brown also had a monster day, three touchdown uh, receptions. Um, A.J. Brown is just a beast. Like, uh, <laughs> insane. He's, he's so good. And, like, Jalen Hurts is playing really well. He dropped some dimes. He also, like... And then there was also just that one where A.J. Brown just like caught it over two defenders and was just and just pointed at them. And, like nobody cares because the Steelers aren't coming back against the Eagles. <laughs> There's no chance the Steelers are coming back and A.J. Brown's a grown-ass man. Yeah. And God, and that all came in the first half, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, I, think, uh, I think all three touchdowns came in the first half. I think he almost had another touchdown in the – in the second half. So I think it was called back by, uh, by penalty. Yeah. The <laughs> Eagles are just really dominant right now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not looking great for these other NFC teams, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, they're going to keep it rolling against the Texans that <laughs> no, I, no, I've no, lost all my faith in the Texans. I'm done with the Texans. No, Mills Mafia. We, uh, I, I really thought the Texans would like show at least some progress over the season, but they've just <laughs> stayed at the test. These 16 point duds every game. They, they couldn't beat Malik Willis. They were just like, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to let Derrick Henry run for 200 for the fourth straight game, 200 yards, two touchdowns. That's just what he does against us. 
God, they're depressing. <laughs> and now Brandon Cooks is going to air all the dirty laundry, and it's just it's downhill from here. Oh, uh, yeah. that's uh, Texans are my best <laughs> team in the NFL. <laughs> uh, in a pretty bad NFL, so that's saying something. Like, at least the Bears, like, improved a bit. <laughs> yeah, Bears, Bears haven't looked better. The Bears um, scored over 20 points. You know, <laughs> Texans just... God, yeah. Um, I guess the, I guess the uh, other, well, the one other big uh, performance from the backup running back, uh, Donta Foreman, three touchdowns for him. Dude, that game was crazy. My favorite part of all that was there's just one cutaway to the game, and the announcer goes, "I didn't know he could run that fast." <laughs> I remember that, <laughs> dude. He does look faster, like. I don't know if it's just something or like he's still recovering from that Achilles tear that happened like five years ago, but <laughs> like uh, maybe, uh, maybe he's just getting help. I mean, he could have had some injury that was, you know, not reported, and, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, he ran well last year, even with being kind of slow, but he looks faster and you know, it's good for that Panthers offense right now. I freaking, I just love guys like this. Yeah. The guys that bounce around and then, they're the starter for a little bit and just have these monster games. Yeah. Justin Fargus's, if you will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, that, let's talk about that game real quick. Cause like uh, at the end, the Hail Mary to DJ Moore, it's like, what are the Falcons doing? But to be fair, I also did not know PJ Walker could throw that far. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You're like, wow, I learned something. <laughs> He threw uh, the ball like seventy yards. Like he was at his own thirty-five yard line when he where he was standing uh, when he threw that ball and got it like you know a few yards into the end zone. So like at least like sixty-eight yards. Um, not to take the spotlight away from PJ Walker, but Baker Mayfield was fired up for him, being a good teammate for him there, <laughs> cheering for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, that was crazy throw. And of course, it's PJ Walker to like give DJ more the targets. Yeah. But very unfortunate he took his helmet off there. <laughs> very unfortunate because. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And granted, Andy Pinero did miss a 33 yarder in overtime as well, which is the length of an extra point. So maybe he would have just missed it anyway. But uh, yeah, you uh, don't want to do that when you're tied and need the extra point to win. Yeah. Just wondering why the Bears got rid of Eddie Pinheiro. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's tough for these teams that just can't find a kicker. It's hard to be a kicker in the NFL these days. For I truly sure. believe like the, the leash has gotten. Is there even a leash anymore for kickers? <laughs> like, gosh, even less than 10 years ago, you had maybe four or five missed kicks allowed. Yeah, I do also feel like. It's tough for these kickers to bounce around because I think like it is hard when you first come onto a team. Like you have to get that rhythm down with like the snapper and the holder that you haven't worked with. Um, so it's it's tough for when you just get signed, you know, a few weeks into the you know in the middle of the season. I feel like that's not you know as easy as you think it is. That's true because you know the Falcons have a lot invested in Young Waku and he has not had a good season so far, um, just from what I've seen. But yeah, he, he at least made the game winning kick here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't so, know what his percentage is in season. So I, I've I, just I, seen him but, miss a, a ton this season. Yeah. It's like the amount you'd expect for someone to get cut if it was like their first year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like he's like a proven kicker. I feel like it makes sense to stay, yeah. stay with him. And, I think they extended him. So maybe uh, move on from like Mason Crosby, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, be like, dude, you just need to retire at this point. Like, you haven't been good in like five years. Who's that defensive back that was kicking field goals for a team? Oh, uh, um, it was uh, Justin Reed. Okay, I, I don't know why I wanted to say Rasul Douglas, but yeah. would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good kicker right. tangent there. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we uh, talked enough uh, football. Let's uh, let's close it out with some overreactions. Uh, Reeb, you, oh Reeb's not here. Reeb's um, not here. Oh my no. gosh. Pep, do you have an overreaction? I don't have one yet. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll go with mine. Um, uh, I, this really isn't an overreaction, so it's kind of cheating. But uh, Terry McLaurin is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, it's uh, it's clear to me he just wins games on his own. He's he's so good at contested catches. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Uh, he's phenomenal after the catch. Like he just does everything well i think there's a clear like top eight receivers um i don't uh, like uh to me it's it's terry it's uh it's uh cooper cup tyree kill um justin jefferson jamar chase stefan diggs aj brown and um well somebody else that i i brandon cooks yeah yeah brandon cooks um (laughs) I said, uh, oh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I forgot about him because so did the Raiders. So, um, but yeah, I think those those are the top eight. Yeah, I, uh, but, uh, but that that play, not just I mean, everything he does is awesome. But that play is so crazy. It was on Stephon Gilmore. Like, I know, top in the league, dude. Yeah, and then I just loved him getting fired up afterward. He doesn't doesn't usually get fired up. He just starts yelling, "This is this is my city." Uh, yeah, DJ yeah, Moore, take notes. That's how you take off your helmet. <laughs> yeah, do it after the timeout, um, and it's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they were talking about it during the game. How like uh, Terry's from uh, Indianapolis. He was uh, Mister Football in the state of uh, Indiana, um, and he had a bunch of family at the game uh, to come, friends and family coming to watch him play since uh, his first time playing there. Um, He's really fired up for it, and then he makes the, the essentially the game-winning play. Obviously, it wasn't in the end zone, so Heineke had the QB sneak it afterward. But that was uh, that was a, a great moment. I, I haven't been that hyped for a moment in football, so I maybe maybe last week also when he made that uh, catch to kind of seal the game. But this, I just got out of my chair and was just like, "What? Just, oh my god, it was awesome!" It just obviously when you're a Commanders fan. This team doesn't really give you much to hold on to. That yeah. that's an actual nice moment to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, I just appreciate <laughs> Terry and uh, Taylor Heineke for creating that very much. Because who knows when uh, you'll see that next? Yeah. <laughs> so that was very nice. Um, I, I I don't have a great overreaction like usual for this episode, but I just I can't not see the Buccaneers in the playoffs, no matter how God awful they are, they suck. And it, <laughs> I hate watching them, but I, will they really like go three and six? 
Because I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I've been struggling with that pick. Uh, all uh, I guess as I'm along, but I really have been struggling with that pick. I even looked at it like at the near the end of Sunday. I was just looking at the next slate of games. So like, man, that's gonna be a tough one to pick. I. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is the year the old quarterbacks are really just fading. Yeah. It's like just because you're over 35 and you have a job with a football team doesn't mean you should keep playing quarterback Matt Ryan, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Flacco. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you said before to bring back Flacco. You got to got to put him back now. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, I'm- well, you. I mean, that's how bad Zach Wilson's been. It's like, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and I say this as my dynasty quarterbacks are Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and Tom yeah. Brady. It's like my even my strategy of trying to win now, it's just not working. Yeah. And, yeah, we're just in this phase created by the Rams trading their way to a Super Bowl. And all these teams are just – I, I don't know, man. Julio yeah. Jones. Julio Jones. <laughs> watching the Buccaneers is like watching Julio Jones play for the Buccaneers. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I I, I talked about Julio Jones in the last podcast. I, I don't need to dump on him again. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just get out of here. It's been been a long pod. been great talking with you, Pep. I feel like we covered a lot of good stuff here. Uh, crazy trade deadline. Um we all enjoyed it. Uh, glad there was some action to talk about here in the middle of the week. Um, and I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening. We will catch you next time.